Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two. Here on Sports Sunday, Rashad's confused. Yeah, we're talking about the Manning brothers. Yeah. I said it was crazy that Arch Manning, who is like the top quarterback prospect in all of high school football, is the son of Cooper. Oh, that's right. Okay. Not Eli, not Peyton. He's the son of Cooper Manning, the non-footballer. The uh, He's the son of him, and he's the best player of the young Mannings. Well, wasn't Cooper like, like the star like receiver or something like that, and then he got like hurt or something along those lines? I don't know. Yes. Is, uh, that, what is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. He I was knew like he got the best hurt and didn't play. That's, yeah, that's all He was like the motivation for, the, for, you know, Peyton and Eli, and I guess he ended up getting hurt. I don't know if it was in college or high school, but apparently he was, he was, he was that dude. It would be even funnier if there was like a sister of the right. Mannings and that Arch was the, the child of the sister. Right. Like, so n- none of them had the star quarterback son. It was, <laughs> it was the sister of the family. Yeah. Or, I, yeah, I mean, anybody who, like, didn't even care about sports. They're like a an IT software engineer. <laughs> and the son is the football star. <laughs> oh, that's Dale Manning. Yeah, he's an accountant. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, he was always just into math. He didn't play football at all. But his son, <laughs> best quarterback in the Absolute country. stud. All right, let's get a little into the Blazers here. There's not much, I mean, to get to in terms of the team at this point. They lose every game by 30, and that's just the way you want it. Um, how many games do they have left now? Seven, ten? Is that where we are? I'm pulling up the schedule now. Uh, sorry, I should have done this in the break, but we were talking. Five. Five. Five games left in the season. Thank God. Fantastic. At San Antonio today, at Oklahoma City, at the Pelicans, at the Mavericks, at the Jazz, they should lose all of those. Maybe Oklahoma City they can win. They almost won the first time, the first time they played them a couple like a week ago. But uh, they should lose the rest of those games. Currently, on tankathon.com in the reverse standings, the Blazers have the sixth best odds to get the number one overall pick. They are now a game and a half ahead of Sacramento in that regard, which is good. Kings have won two games in a row. 
Pacers have also lost six in a row, just like the Blazers. So uh, they are still two and a half back of Indy. That is the furthest they can get up the standings or down the standings is fifth best odds. If the Pacers win some of these games and the Blazers lose out the rest of the way, they might be able to sneak into that five spot. Uh, The other draft pick would be New Orleans pick, which is currently at number 11. That is still in the safe zone. However, if the Pelicans win the play-in and become the eight seed, they will not get that pick, which would be bad. Which would be bad. Also, if they somehow get higher than the five spot, which is possible in this new lottery because most of these teams have a much higher percentage chance of getting up there, they will also not get the pick. So there are still risks involved with that. It is not a certainty, and especially because the reports are out that they want to use that pick to try to get Jeremy Grant this offseason from Detroit. That would also be a problem. But what it is is five games away from excitement again and hope, I suppose, and I guess cautious optimism. I know Blazer fans uh, don't like feeling hope because uh, there has not been a lot of hope that has actually come to fruition here for this team in off seasons at the very least. But Joe Cronin has torn the team down to the studs. There is so much money available. Uh, There are trade exceptions available. There are mid-level exceptions. And he wants to build a team around Chauncey Billups' image in terms of who he wants as a team, defenders and gritty guys and guys that will play hard. And I think going into an offseason with someone else at the reins is really exciting because we have gone into the last nine, 10 offseasons with Neil O'Shea and yeah, there was hope and yeah, you know, maybe this, maybe that deep down, we always knew nothing was going to happen. You were going to make periphery moves around the edges. You're going to trade for Mo Harkless. You know, you're going to sign Evan Turner. Little moves around the edges of things that are not going to really help the team fully, but are they're not terrible moves, but they're not doing anything to take the team to the next step. They're lateral moves. They're lateral moves. They're they're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Is that's the line, right? Um, I'm excited for someone who just proved to us that he was very capable of inducing a tank in one week, which he did understands the situation and has sat every good player on the team for phantom injuries. You think Neil O'Shea would have sat Anthony Simons at this end? Even if they sucked, you think he would have sat Anthony Simons at the end of the year? No, no. no. You think you think Josh Hart wouldn't be getting run to prove how good of a trade it was that Neil O'Shea got Josh Hart? No, he wouldn't have sat him down. Uh, I mean, this is like the perfect tank. Obviously they started too late to really get into the top of the draft, but It's going fantastic. And for that, I give a lot of credit to Joe Cronin. And it gives me a little more hope than I think I should have, but I feel it anyway. It's in my chest that he will have the cojones to do what's needed to get this team to be good again this offseason and the ability and the respect around the league to actually make trades with people. And I think that last part is huge because if you remember the reports that there was the potential Paul George trade done with the Blazers many years ago when he's with the Pacers and Kevin Pritchard basically said, yeah, but no, I don't want to work with you guys. Some of that's because Pritchard hates the Blazers because of what they did to him. But I wonder how much of that was also Olshay is a giant douche that nobody liked. I, I just wonder is the relationships going to matter? Are the relationships going to matter that maybe more will get done in a way that Joe Cronin can make this team great again. 
Uh, I mean, Maba, make the Blazers great again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the that's the hope, you know, and I think that's everybody's hope. I, I just I just hate that we have to put our our eggs in one basket, and that's kind of what it feels like, you know. You're doing you're hoping, really hoping that this thing works out with the Pelicans, and if we're if this regular season means anything, um, the Pelicans are two and two against the um, Minnesota. Uh, the last couple games they played against San Antonio, they've beaten them. And they've won every game they played against the Clippers this season. Okay, mind you, play with albeit without Paul George against the Clippers, but they've won every game and against high. those guys. So when you start talking about just the one game play in or two games, if you're the you know the the Pelicans, man, they two teams that they know they can beat. Two teams they've got, they're pretty comfortable with beating. And so I'm. A, However, on the flip side, I will say this. Mm-hmm. And Jason Quick said this on primetime today, and I'm glad he said it because I felt like I was taking crazy pills. Okay. Since the CJ trade, it's probably like a game or two different now because this was a couple days ago I saw this. Since the CJ trade, the Pelicans are 10 and 10. CJ is playing the best ball of his career in New Orleans. Points, assists, rebounds wise. He's, he's doing very, very, very well. And they're 10 and 10. CJ is a great individual player. He does not make teams better. And I think that's always been the fact here in Portland. And it's always been, and it's going to continue to be the fact in his career. He can't be the number one option. I think he would be a great third option on most teams, but he can't be the number one guy. So hold hold on before you go. I don't think the Pelicans are actually that good. I think they have a good roster. I think it's built well. I think in a year or two with some of the guys popping, they got a lot of young players. It could be pretty formidable. But if you're looking for a reason to 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 not think they're going to make it as the eighth seed and you're going to get the pick as a Portland fan, is CJ by himself isn't winning this team the play-in tournament. And this team by itself, even with CJ, is a 500 team. So they're still, as much as like they're a sexy pick and they look flashy right now, I don't think they win the play-in tournament. I don't. Because they're just not that consistent. Okay. I, get, I get it. So I, I, I'm, I'm just, I know there's a huge worry there, and there's obviously it's fair, but I, I think we're giving the Pelicans a little too much credit. I, I don't know. I, I mean, you still got a young team. You still got, mind you, a, a team that's still trying to figure out what they are without a guy that averages 27 a game for them in Zion. Uh, but you know, they're 10 and 10. But over the last eight, they're six and three, six and two. You know what I mean? So yes, like, and this is the time of the year, and they're three and three, or excuse me, they're uh, they're three and zero over the last three games. Two wins against the Lakers, and uh, obviously a win against us. So, ah, so three three wins against crappy teams. But they also beat the Bulls, okay. who are a great team. Good win. They also beat uh, the Hawks, who are a pretty good team. You yeah. know, so it's not it's not like they're Hawks kind of suck, but okay. No, the, the Hawks they kind of suck, but they're also they're also a playoff team. And what you're showing is you can beat other playoff teams. Well, they're a play-in ones that are, team. They're yeah. play-in team. They're, they're, the Hawks are seven seed right now. So oh, are they? I thought yeah, they were ten. I think they're, what are they, seven, eight Hawks seed? Hawks are eight seed. Eight seed, yeah, excuse me. So <laughs> Hawks are eight seed, so still Neither of us are right. in the tournament <laughs> and stuff like that. But we've seen CJ go off in the playoffs in big moments and stuff like that. So you mean to tell me uh, against a, a, a Clippers team who is, I think the Clippers are okay, but with Paul George, they're better. I think they can beat them with against the Minnesota team who 
Doesn't have a lot of playoff pedigree. I think Minnesota's pretty good. I think Minnesota's great. I love Carl Anthony Towns. I would take him in a second if he were available. You know, and I, I love Anthony Edwards and what they're able to do there. But do I think in one game, number one, uh, we're forgetting how unguardable Ingram is. And he's showing more and more and more that, yeah, you can't guard me. Like, I'm, I'm, he's really good like that. So all it takes is one game. They don't have to play a series. It's not a best of three. I just got to beat this team once, this team. Yeah, I, I would take my chances with New Orleans. So, But, again, I hate the fact that we have to depend on New Orleans not making the playoffs, not the play-in, but the actual playoffs as an eight seed or a seven seed to be able to really have full confidence in the Blazers' offseason off moves. Plans, you know, yeah. And that's my only thing. It's like, yeah, if this happens, great. But if ifs and buts, we're candy and nuts. Yeah. It's just what it is. I, I do kind of agree with that is – Having your own top pick, you know, depending where it lands in the lottery is fantastic. And I think what the Blazers want is I think they want to use their pick for themselves to get a good, young, talented player in the event that Damian Lillard does eventually want to leave. This way you have another good, young player to go with your young core of Ant and Little and, mm -hmm. and whoever else you want to include in that. Um, but I think they want the other pick to use in trades to get guys they need to make this team. Which is a lot of a guys. Like we we got to be real. And and I, that's where the risk comes in is if that pick doesn't convey, then, I mean, I guess they could still trade their own pick, but it's not going to match their plans exactly how they want it. And, of course, that's obviously always going to have a potential to happen. Yeah. But it just for it to be the perfect start, you need the Pelicans to fall in that range. And that's the thing we and we got to hope and they know that the Pelicans know that they know that we have that draft pick yep. and they want to play spoiler, especially if you're CJ McCollum and you've just been traded for that pick. Yeah, they're not getting that. Pick and he had ever. a little uh, he was a little coy after the game you when he it. came back. He was like, I told it. Josh Hart, he's always welcome back. Yeah, like he's almost like already working against the Blazers a little bit. And that's fine. You know, do what you want, man. That's kind of funny, actually. But uh, it's. Uh, yeah, they, they know what they're doing. And Okay, can I ask you guys this? I know we have to break, Joe, but I just want to know. Pelicans also for, already for the have the Lakers pick as well. So I want to know for the both of you, Jeremy Grant is the name that we keep throwing out there. Yes. Does Jeremy Grant and Damian Lillard, does, does that mean championship or does that mean competing for a championship in the Western Conference to you? I think it makes the team a lot better. I don't think it means championship. You, no. I mean, so I guess what I'm asking is, are they as good as Phoenix, as Utah, as um, whomever is the top of the stand? It's been Phoenix and Utah for the last couple of years. So whoever's Golden the top State. of the stand, Golden yeah. State, you know, are are we going to be able to compete at that level with Jeremy Grant? That's my question. Because in my head, I don't – Well, I've with, never seen Jeremy Grant as that guy. I think he's good. With but, just Jeremy Grant, definitely not. But that is, that is the type of player – that they're trying to bring in length defense ability to score right no guards that are six foot three anymore no wings that barely play defense no wings that struggle to keep guys in front of them you want kind of all of that right i also think some of it's just who's available right now right this is the timing of the tank the pistons could be interested in trading jeremy grant he did sign a decent sized contract there if you don't remember and Jeremy Grant is a position of need at the four, which you really don't have right now. And it's a guy who could put up what, like, what's his averages? Like 17 and, and eight, 17 and 10. 17 and eight. That's a, a legit starter in an NBA team. And 
if you have, let, I'm just hypothetical. If you're starting five, is Dame Ant, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic, that's a really good starting five. If you have Josh Hart coming off the bench and you use another trade exception or a free agent or your draft pick on a starting three and you want Josh Hart to be the sixth man, you could certainly do that. And then you're even better off for it. So does it make you a championship contender by itself? No, but I think it's a piece towards that. And I think that the key for me is that look at how the Suns are built. The Suns have a star player in Devin Booker. They have a, a fading star veteran in Chris Paul. And they've got really good skill role players that fit the team and the, and the style that Monty Williams wants. They have a young center who's talented in DeAndre Ayton. You know, you've got uh, Jay Crowder and, and Mikhail Bridges, who were good complementary pieces. And Bridges, of course, is younger and has some potential. You don't, the super team idea is kind of going out the window. Super teams are failing left and right. The Lakers are an embarrassment. The Nets, although have had all sorts of issues with injuries and COVID stuff this year, are barely in the playoffs. Super teams are not happening anymore. You're built, if you build it like the Suns, if you build it like the Grizzlies, if you build it like the Jazz, you're starting to win. So you don't need to go get four crazy high level stars. As as much as no, you did you a just, couple of years ago, you just need guys that that fit, you know. But I think at a point, you know, the reason why Phoenix, the reason why um, Utah, you know, had problems at the end of the games because when Donovan Mitchell couldn't get it going, who could they go to yeah. to say, "Man, close this game for me"? And well, that's I think that's Phoenix where having, isn't having a lot of problems at the end. No, of games. Phoenix isn't having a, a lot of those. But in, this, in the finals last year, we saw that when Devin Booker wasn't able to make shots and Aiton was. Then what? Like, so sometimes, yes, like, like well, the, you're also the, going up against of Giannis. Course, Giannis I mean. <laughs> but, but what does Giannis have that made it made that great for him? What was what did Giannis have that helped him push him over the edge? He had Chris Middleton. He had a guy to say, "Get me a bucket." Mm-hmm. Boom, real quick. So, well, who think, do the Bla- who do the Blazers have right now? You have a guy who gets you instant buckets, and you have well, you have Simons, who Simons. you think is going to be the same. Yeah, and you've got options, man. Yeah, no, you you definitely got options. You know, but I honestly I think. I think we really should be putting more behind Simons. That's just me. I know we got to go. We're way over. Yeah, we're we're way over. I think Joe was laughing at me either for my take or for the fact that I was over the clock. But probably um, both. <laughs> yeah, it was the latter. Oh yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I kept going and kept going. Yeah. Sorry. Dear God. <sighs> it's ten twenty one. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll have hit or love it coming up in about ten minutes, but we'll do a quick little filler segment next. This is Sports on the Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Ten twenty-four here on your Sunday morning. Hater love it coming up next. I want to slide this in here quickly because it's baseball, and I know Rashad doesn't care, but it's not true. <laughs> Put words in my mouth. Um, I think this is an interesting middle ground, and this was brought to my attention on Friday. I didn't know that they were considering this. So, uh, if you've listened to the Hot Corner ever or or any of my baseball stuff, I'm pretty pro umpire. Like, I don't want the robot umps because I like the human element that the umpire brings. I like that there's drama. I like that it leads to conversation. I know it's not perfect, but uh, I know oftentimes it's very imperfect. But I kind of enjoy that. I kind of enjoy that not every pitch is called perfectly correctly. It's just my personal opinion. You can disagree with me all you want. That's fine. I just love that part of baseball. However, they're testing robot umpires. They're testing a, a, a device where... The ump will have an earpiece and it will literally feed him the correct pitch every time he's still back there calling the balls or strikes, but it's feeding it to him in his ear. And they're going to test that in the minors and a lot of the levels this year to see if that's something they want to do. I don't want that. I think that's too far. I think that's too much technology. I think there's a balance you need to strike. What I did hear was I think a brilliant idea that leaves both sides happier. And that is, For the umpire to still have that technology, but to only be able to use it on a challenge basis. And let's say that each team gets two to three pitch challenges a game. And in that moment, the umpire, all he has to do is press a button and it's immediately fed to him. It's not going to delay the game. They don't have to go to the screen and view the video. He already has the device that knows if it was a ball or a strike ready to go. And if the team throws a challenge and he hits the button and, oh, it was a ball, it was a strike, okay, we move on. It doesn't lengthen the game. It leaves the human element in for 88 to 90% of the game. But for really big missed calls on balls and strikes that may affect the outcome of the game, there's a challenge for it, and it's not going to lead to a long video review. In your opinion, does that seem like a good idea? Is that a good middle ground? I mean, I feel like it just, like, that's right there. It's perfect. In the I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, I understand um, about the human element, but sometimes uh, we can do things based on impulse and based on feeling. Like, how many times have you seen an N one dunk call or something like that? And it's like, bro, there was no foul there. Come on. What was that? But I think there's just an energy that a referee has or an umpire has at that point to say, yes, like, damn, yes, N one. Good job. You know, like, so I think some of that's there. I'm going to say uh, one name to you. And you guys all know it. Uh, Armando Galarraga. Yep. That's all I have to say. That's that's the reason. But that's That's, not balls and strikes, though. But I'm I'm saying it's a blown call by an umpire that 
end up costing someone a, a, a perfect game. Now, how, so, okay, hold on. Now that play would have been reviewed and it would have been fixed. Because that was at first base, don't forget. Jim Joyce, the umpire over there, mm -hmm. miscalled oh, yeah. the safe out call. Mm -hmm. That would have been the final out of the perfect game. That that in current baseball, that is fixed. If if you can take away the the unknown, because really, again, that human element is important for a lot of people. But if you can make it as 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 fair as as you can, then if it works, then why do you need still need an umpire calling what should have been a ball a strike? You know, or what should have been a strike, a ball. Like, I mean, low and outside, it was like, I oh, might have been able to get to that one. But then you see, how many times have you seen that? Someone call a strike, and then you see where the ball was pitched on the uh, on the actual screen. It's like, ah, that wasn't a strike. That's borderline, or that was yeah. a ball. You know what I mean? But or, see, that that's the thing. At least for me, I love that. Yeah, but I, I, I love that every game. Until it's your team that has to, that, that no. becomes like... You know, Look, it's all good I, until I love when it's my team because I get to talk about it with other Yankee fans and be like, man, Angel Hernandez was terrible today. Wasn't that crazy? I love that. If they called, uh, I know, I know I'm in the minority strike, on this, yeah, by the way. One of the, you would lose your S. I, I know I'm in the minority on this. I know for most people it sounds ridiculous, and I, I understand why you would say that, mm -hmm. but it's, it's just the way I view the sport. No, I get it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely adore the umpire batter pitcher conversations. I love that the umpires have slightly different zones and every game you have to adjust. I love that aspect of it. I know it's not perfect. And I know that there's, I, I know that people want there to be the balls and strikes called correctly. I'm just saying, I think that's a good middle ground. I think it's just another thing with baseball. It's just, it's so too subjective, you know, and students. So now you have, that's one of someone, the reasons I love it. So I, and, I, and I get it, you know, but I think that's also a reason that a casual fan like myself is like, that's stupid. Yeah. That's dumb. I get you it. know, so, but, but I, if you can make it to where you get the, um, the best calls, then, then yeah, I say, go ahead and do it. But I understand about taking away that human element because it creates for additional drama. And I also think there, but mo most umpires are like 97% correct. Yeah. So, but, no, but there's always that 3%. Well, that right. Like, but, but that's why I'm saying this idea yeah. makes sense. Those three percent of calls, challenge it. You don't need to have everyone be a hundred percent correct, but if you challenge those three percent of calls that you're like, obviously that was a ball, right? Uh, or obviously that was a strike, and it's in the big moment of the game, then perfect, you solved the issue. Right. You solved I, it. I just hate the idea. I don't think there's, you know, I don't like referees in any capacity being able to decide games, and we've seen it in a lot of sports. Referees that decide games, more than that, referees that decide. Um, huge outcomes like Galarraga's damn near perfect game. Yeah, true that. And then also there's the uh, personality side of it too, because some rep or some ums just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, looking at you, yeah. Joe West. He's retired now, yeah. but I mean, he just loved the drama of it. There's always that. And that that's a little like okay, dude. Yeah, there's always that referee that just that wants to be uh, as big as as the game. All right, let's get to hate it or love it. That is next. Joe will ask us questions and award us points, and uh, the winner hosts the last segment. First, he has sports. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. The music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. Still love this song. Still amazing. It's classic. Works every time. Joe's got questions built for us. We will both answer them in our own way. He will choose the winner at the end. And we will get to host the last segment. Winner that is. See, I'm already putting it on my uh, on myself. I'll get to host the last segment. Should you lose a point for that? All right, Joe, what do you got for us today? Uh, we're gonna start with some uh, WWE WrestleMania here. <laughs> of course we are. No, sorry, Rashad. It's all good. I mean, if you want Rashad to win, go for I it. I hate it. Uh, no, they we... rolled around on the mat a lot. No, they didn't much. And someone climbed on the ropes and jumped off the ropes. How did you know? Went into a people's elbow. and uh, Nobody does that from the ropes, stupid. And uh, the ref got yes. in there and got hit accidentally, and he slapped the mat. Just stop. Almost and, the un- and the Undertaker came up out of the coffin. You're almost, almost correct. <laughs> you're, you're just thinking like, of different, like, gifs and memes out like, there. <laughs> like, what a... The cool part is you're, like, 70% correct. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. And then Stone Cold drank a beer at some point. Actually, he did. He drank multiple beers. He and had a match last night, which was pretty badass. And then do you know what The Rock is cooking? Smell do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Sorry. Uh, do you smell what North Carolina is cooking? Mm. They're mm. cooking up some good basketball lately. I want Smells. some good Carolina barbecue. That's what I want. So good. Um, Vinegar. But, hate it or love it, you guys want North Carolina to win. Uh, I hate it. I'm pulling for Kansas for Rob, to be completely honest with you. Um, it, it's cool when you have someone who's a huge fan of a team that you're friends with, and this is the first time in a while they've been to a final, and he's been so jazzed about it this year that I'm fully on, on board with Kansas. The game is on during primetime on Monday at 620. Oh, boy. Well, it's at 620. So I think he's going to stay for a little bit so we get the true experience of him watching the game. And I think he's going to leave a little early to go home and, and finish watching it at home. Because if he's anything like me, and I think he is, if your team's playing in a big game, get me away from other people. Yeah. <laughs> Let me sit isolated in my couch and watch the game by myself and mutter to myself negative things about my team and hate watch because <laughs> I think that's how he is too with Kansas. Um, yeah, I one, they're both blue bloods. So whichever one you pick, you're, you're picking a, a villain in some way, shape or form, I guess, cause North Carolina is an eight seed. There's a little bit of the, that aspect to it that I think people will be pulling for the eight seed over the one seed, but no, I, I know Isaac and I'm friends with Isaac and I'm going to rip for Kansas for him. So rock shock. Uh, make, uh, make it too, man. Uh, I've got friends that played for Kansas. Um, 
one of my good buddies. Oh, uh, humble brag. Actually, two good, two good friends that played for Kansas from right here in Portland, Oregon. Um, one of them uh, tells me that um, Roy Williams is the greatest coach that he's ever had in his life, which is not surprising by any means. But also, I hate the color light blue. I've never liked <laughs> North Carolina. I've never liked Carolina blue. Um, I've always been kind of a Duke guy. I don't know why, for whatever reason. I think I really like Grant Hill as a kid. I'm wearing Grant Hills right now as we speak. So uh, I'm going to go ahead for that reason and the fact that they broke my heart last night as I was getting my hair cut watching um, Duke go down. So I'm going for Kansas all day. Rock chalk. Let's see. Uh, great end to that game, too. That was awesome. What? Duke, yeah. North Carolina. That back was a national championship game. Yeah. Like, if you're asking me, like, that was the most exciting game we're going to see. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Great back and forth. Stressful free throws, big shots hit. Up yeah. until the end, that's what you want. You want the games that are competitive up until the last minute. Yeah, but college basketball sucks. It's just so terrible to watch and boring. And it, uh, the, product, the, product, that, the product is just bad. Uh, no, normally, Joe, that's correct. It's yeah. just a bad product. Why would I waste like time? That, if every game looked like that, then more people would watch. Stop. Just saying. I mean, it's true. Yeah, and they still true. only shot 41% from the yeah. floor, both of them. I don't want to take up too much time, but I have a big problem with uh, people that like to complain about sports basically all the time as if they're not getting what they want. Like when the NFL... But, I, but I'm not getting what When I mean. the NFL isn't happening, everybody <laughs> bitches and moans about, oh, God, I can't wait until football starts. And then football starts, and then they complain about how the games suck or this Thursday night football's bad product or this. And it's just like, what... Well, what, what's going to make you happy? Of course, good games. I think that's all we ever want. That's why we. That's why we talk so much about this. That last NFL playoffs It's like, man, there were great games all across all across the board. It was incredible. If yeah. college was like it used to be, and there was like great games, must see games all the time, then it'd probably be different. But now, it's. I don't want to watch a forty-six to fifty-one game. Point for me. <laughs> all right, moving on to NBA. You get to host the last segment, Joe. <laughs> moving I'm on to the it. NBA uh, Blazers. They have five games remaining. There's only one more team that they could pass in the standings for the better draft odds, and that is the Pacers. The Pacers, uh, they're doing a, quite a good uh, tank job themselves. I'm pretty sure they've lost like six, seven games in a row. Six in a row, same yeah. as the Blazers, yep. Uh, Blazers, by the way, 2-16 and 16 in their last 18 games, so doing exactly what they need. <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't kidding when I said it. This is like one of the greatest tanks of all time. My God. Um, Pacers, their last four games are against the Pistons today, and then they got the 76ers back-to-back games. And then the Brooklyn Nets. Oh boy. The Blazers are, I believe, at two and a half games behind them in the standings. Yeah, okay. Uh, hate it or love it, the Blazers will pass the Pacers by the end of the season. And wins? Uh, well, and no, in the reverse oh, standings. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. They have. I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, please. I got, I got this. Uh, no. Hate. Based on that alone, the Pacers are winning one more game, and that's today against the Pistons. They're not beating the Sixers back-to-back or the Nets. They're not doing it. The Blazers may win one more game as well against the Thunder, but that's not going to be enough. Or, or Sorry, they'll lose most of the rest of their games, but that one win against the Thunder is going to come and, and cause fits. They're not going to catch the Pacers. Uh, I don't think it's possible at this point, especially with the schedules that are left. Obviously, anything is possible, but the Pacers are going to go one and three. The Blazers are going to go one and four, and it's going to be the exact same spot in the schedule or in the standing. So... I think we can pretty much say safely the Blazers will have the six best odds in the lottery. But you know what? Based on how the season started and what they wanted, that's a pretty good job getting down into the six best odds in the lottery. And you never know. Maybe you'll get a top four pick. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I hate it as well. The, the Blazers, uh, they're going to lose every game uh, for the rest of the season. Um, there's nothing in the in the cards that, tell, that tells me that they can beat either of these teams. We know they've already lost to San Antonio, blown out by, like, what, 20 or something like that. They're going to lose to OKC. They're going to lose to New Orleans, all those other teams. Um, at this point, man, both teams suck equally as bad. But if you're asking me which one is the worst of the sucking, it's probably the Blazers. Uh, they're not even trying to win games. I feel like they're still trying to actively win in Indiana at, at certain times. They're just really, really bad. Uh, the Blazers are actively trying to tank. They're making sure that they blow layups. They're making sure that they blow assignments. They're making sure that they do everything in their power. If you've seen them play, it's crazy. Like, they're really, like, they're they're letting guys drive right past them at certain points just to make sure that we kind of keep a, a, a nice cushion of between the teams as far as the score so uh the blazers like lynch said is an epic job of tanking this year the worst thing that can happen is new orleans play spoiler to us so yeah i hate that well i'm just gonna go ahead and say as someone that hasn't watched any of the blazers lately that it's not so much they're trying to tank it's just their team is really just that bad and the players are that bad so they are trying to tank because the players that are that are good hurt are are not really hurt (laughs) well it's like it's crazy like they're standing there and just like you're letting guys sweep right past him. Full swipe at him a little bit, but it's it's pretty sad at points. And my my personal thoughts on it is that the guys that the Blazers are running out there, they those are G League guys. Well, also it's like why would they care about Tank, the Blazers tanking? So why would they not try their hardest for their future endeavors? Like for a team, you know, looking at them and maybe signing them in the future. Like you know trying to lose and miss layups and not play defense is not going to do them any good. I say you let teams get up 30 and then you start going to work. They're up 30. Now you can really, (laughs) no, seriously, at that point, now you can really start playing hard and showing how good you are. All right. That's the only way it works. Sticking with the NBA, looking at the standings, all the teams at the top of the East duking it out for that number one seed and even some of the teams in the West going into this playoffs gives you the feeling that hate it or love it, this year's NBA playoffs are wide open. Uh, should I go? Yeah, go. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I, I don't know if we've ever seen uh, – well, let me take that back. We haven't seen in a long time the NBA finals or the NBA uh, playoffs be as competitive as I think they could be as we're looking. Like every, You got teams like Brooklyn that are going to be uh, – that's a 10 seed. They're in the play-in game right now. The Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are in the play-in game right now. The Charlotte Hornets, who are uh, can beat anybody on any given night, are in the play-in game at this point. And then the top of the East obviously has Milwaukee and uh, Miami's and Boston still jockeying for position. Boston at a point people thought were kind of dead in the water, like right around the middle of the season. And here they are uh, possibly looking at the, uh, the top seed uh, in the East. Obviously, Philadelphia has a guy that could win the MVP on their team. Toronto is quietly, you know, and still in the mix of the playoffs. The Chicago Bulls, with all those guys that they end up acquiring, man, they're right there in the mix. So there could literally be anybody that comes out of the Eastern Conference that won. We saw last year Trey Young and the Hawks go all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So anything can happen. I think the East is as open as it's ever been. Every single t- every single team has a star. Watch out for those Cleveland Cavaliers. They play fast. They play tough. And they can play inside out with two, with uh, Evan Mobley and what he's been able to do and Colin Sexton. That team is really good. So, again, you could any team, especially the top four or five teams, could definitely win an NBA championship considering how competitive the Eastern Conference has gotten. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and say I, I half love it. I think the East is wide open. I think the West is the Suns to lose. 
the Suns are so much better than the rest of the teams in the West, in my opinion. Golden State looked great early in the year, but they've had injury issues and they've kind of come back down to earth. The Grizzlies have been a great regular season team, but I need to see them prove it to me in the playoffs. The Mavericks have been hot lately, so maybe they're getting hot at the right time. The Jazz can't hold a lead. The Nuggets have been wildly inconsistent, and the bottom of the of the playing area is okay. The East, yes, completely up for grabs. The top four teams are within two and a half games of each other and are all, I would say, equally as good as each other in the Heat, Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers. And the Celtics is obviously of late. They've been playing much better. I think the Raptors are dangerous. I, I think the Bulls are dangerous. You already talked about the, the Cavs. I love Evan Mobley. I think Darius Garland's having a huge, great season for them as well. And they have the Nets that low in the play-in tournament is terrifying for a lot of teams. I think the entirety of the East playoffs could be up for grabs. One through eight. Like, you don't want to be the Heat and get the Nets in the one-eight match. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, you don't want to get the Cavs in a two-seven matchup if you're the Bucks at this point. In the the East has been down for so long. It's nice that actually finally we're going to have a playoffs where every series could be a seven game spectacle. Mm-hmm. It's been so crappy, and now I feel like it's the West that's going to have a little bit of uh, that this year, where the Suns just feel that much better. Yeah, no, I agree. Phoenix is just they're otherworldly, and then as long as they're healthy, Memphis. That's who we're not talking about enough, man. Memphis and the way they play defense and the way they do it without Ja. Yo, the, the West is going to be uh, fun to watch, but the East is really – I think that's going to be must-see. I'm curious to see if Memphis can do it in the playoffs. Memphis feels like a regular season team to me right now, and I know John Morant's fantastic, but I want to see if the, the way they built this team can win a playoff – or well, they'll probably win the first playoff series, but get into, like, the final conference, conference finals. I'll be curious. I don't know if I buy it yet. And your winner – is Mike Lynch by that? What called it? How does he get extra points at the end? He didn't. He oh my he, god! He man. just said buy that. So I want the gift card back. Uh, that gift card has been spent. I'll take cash. Long, long gone. <laughs> I'll take cash, there, bro. All right. Well, we'll wrap the show up next. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP, you deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. It's really not. It's great. I love it. Oh, it's okay. I remember when you first played this, I was like, what in the blue hell is this? What is the song you decided to choose? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. How many years ago was that? Like eight, I think. Yeah, seven, eight just, years ago. Yeah, <laughs> so I was I like twenty-four. We're, yeah, we're just past. A memory popped up on my phone the other day from Hunt for the Host. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a while. Yeah, it's been it's been, yeah, yeah, a little over eight, a little over eight years. It's uh, <laughs> oh, 
it's kind of crazy thinking about that that like you know as you get older you kind of always be yourself the same mm-hmm. like you always hear people who are like in their 50s and 60s are like yeah i still feel like i'm in my 30s right like because you, you you're yourself but when you think about it like that and i'm like eight years ago or seven years ago whatever it was we started the show i'm 32 now i'm i would have been 24 or 25 yeah when the show started and I was playing a game on Adult Swim's website that had that song. And that's why I picked it because it was top of mind. 24, like, first of all, playing a, like a, a web-based game at this point. What? Like you go to like Newgrounds and play a game? Who does that anymore? Mm-hmm. Two, I picked that as a song, like as, a, as like something I wanted for the whole show. But I love it. Like, I love it now. Like, I'm like, we've been doing that for years. Yeah, it's making me feel old. Is basically no, what I'm trying to say. It's you know that's a pretty cool song. I think the song it's glorious. Yeah, that's yeah, you right. pick glorious. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's one of those things. Like I remember when the, it's a wrestling theme. When I first heard it, I was like, man, that's epic. I love that. And so, yeah. Former producer Jesse's in. He said you were addicted to that game. I know. Yeah, I know. Really, we really were. I played it for like three months straight. Like not straight, Never. but like I was always doing it and trying to get my my best score. And yeah, we were like, man, what? the hell is this music it's like robot unicorn attack was the name of it never even heard of it until you said something about it it was like it was literally like a flash game it was really stupid but i loved it pretty good time on the show on the show man flappy bird yeah no see (laughs) i you know honestly i wasn't a i'll be honest i wasn't a big adult swim fan the only show from adult swim i ever really watched was the boondocks which is an amazing an amazing amazing show shout out to regina king who was the voice of both um, Riley and Huey, you know, on... Uh, that was Regina Dots. King? That was Regina King. Wow. Yeah, so uh, that show was just awesome. All the, you know, the if you've never seen it, go watch. If you've never heard anything, uh, download the song, the song F Grandad, <laughs> which is an amazing <laughs> record, man. So, uh, yeah, man, watch The Boondocks. It's on HBO Max, I think. Oh, Winning Time. If y'all haven't seen that so far, it's great. I love it. It is on the list. I will get to it at some point soon. Uh, that's the Lakers show on HBO. Yes, it is. That's a, it's an awesome show. Thus the, far. Uh, the the it's like a drama, right? Like it's, it's, a, it's based like a on comedy. the story. It's, it's a it's a it, but it's a comedy. Yeah, but yeah. it's also you know some some elements. It's of not like a documentary. Is what no, I'm not at all. Not at all. It, the way it's shot, it kind of looks real retro. It's pretty dope. Well, that's gonna do it for us today. Enjoy the championship game tomorrow if you guys are into college hoops. Rock Chalk. 620 Kansas versus North Carolina. So enjoy that. And uh, if Rob decides to come in for even a little bit tomorrow, you'll get to hear him stress over that game for a tiny bit at the end of the show. Uh, we'll be back next week, 9 to 11, and uh, have a very good rest of your weekend. Oh, and if you're a Hot Corner listener, we are off this Wednesday. What? We'll be back next Wednesday, and we'll get to recap the first week of the season. So, uh, We'll be back next Sunday, 9 to 11. Have a very, have, oh my God, speak. Have Words. a very good rest of your weekend. Words out of my mouth now done. Okay, bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.